Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Happy full moon in Libra. This is being recorded while the moon is still full, so I'm sending that really nice and powerful (laughs) transmission to everyone. Um, March 20th was the equinox spring equinox in the northern hemisphere fall in the southern hemisphere and um that's a pretty big threshold you know we talk about thresholds a lot on this podcast it's also the first day of those seasons considered um the first day of spring and fall respectively and it is the beginning of the new zodiacal year this is the astro new year um We are still in a Mercury retrograde in Pisces, so if you are listening to this feeling all kinds of tender and frustrated and (laughs) lots of really big feelings pulling you in multiple different directions, um, that has a little bit to do with it. Um, There's a little bit of Chiron action happening today as well, so uh, with the sun, so there's quite a bit being illuminated. And while we were in Pisces season, Mercury retrograde in Pisces is not so bad. You're kind of like floating along and then all of a sudden the sun moves into Aries and it feels really different. (laughs) Um, I uh, am very happy to have been shifted over and I know, obviously, not everybody. We, it was also Purim yesterday, and which is an absolutely beautiful holiday. Um, happy Purim to anyone who observes it. What I was going to say is that um, it's been quite a powerful week, quite a powerful few weeks in terms of the scope, the intensity um, that it has uh, invited us into. Pretty major. But part of the um, structure of this episode today, obviously we're going to talk about the emperor, but I kind of want to begin by resting in what I just shared, which is that we have transitioned into kind of a new cycle. This is, you know, when you live spiralically, there are many new years in a year quote unquote, a year, because what is a year? Um, By definition, with the Gregorian calendar, we have one day. That's the first day of the year. Um, That's not accurate. (laughs) Technically speaking, if we're um, doggedly observing that calendar, which I feel like, again, when a whole collective honors um, a certain rhythm of time, I think there begins to be a lot of power to that um, way of, of, of observing time, but we are spiralic beings. We are connected more to the spiral than we ever could be to the straight line. And the truth is that we have many, 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 many new years and many of us personally in ways that are completely private and personal to us have new years. We have days where our life completely changed and we were reborn. Maybe it was the day that we got baptized as adults or, you know, actually chose our baptism day. Maybe it was the day that we survived something. Maybe it was the day we got sober. You know, um, I have many of these dates in my life where they are huge life thresholds for me. And when we honor them, and observe them. And when we can hold a space, maybe we're not even necessarily observing them or celebrating them, so to speak, but when we can hold a space for these really powerful days, these kind of subtle energies like the vernal equinox, like this, um, kind of transition, again, this threshold into a new season, they're just really beautiful mile markers for, where nature is as a mirror for us, like where we are 
in relationship to that. And right now in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, it's cold. Like the weather is totally dragging. It's totally dragging. And yet there's so much life. Flowers are absolutely beginning to bloom. There are more animals out, even like with the cold, kind of the quality quality of the air is changing. It's very clear. Spring is very, 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 very slowly shedding its kind of cloak, its chrysalis, um, or winter is shedding its cloak, and spring is beginning to emerge. And for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, that's very much where we are at as well. You know, many of us, we are kind of in a shedding process right now. And probably many of us are looking at, you know, what serves, what doesn't, what's here, what's not. But um, Aries season, the reason that this particular, that the equinox, the spring and fall equinoxes are so powerful, largely, is that um, in the Northern Hemisphere, when we honor March 20th, it's the beginning of a new zodiacal cycle because we're beginning with Aries. Aries kicks off the 12 signs of the zodiac. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Aries because Aries is connected to the emperor. So Aries is um, ruled by the ram. We know this. It is the first uh, zodiac sign of the 12. Um, and whether we are welcoming in the fall, welcoming in the spring, we kind of have to give ourselves always a little bit of breathing room when we are transitioning from Pisces to Aries because it is truly like going from the depths of the ocean to the wildest, messiest fire. <laughs> um, it is very different. So that transition can feel welcome. It can feel laborious, but no matter what, even if it's great for you, it's kind of intense. So if you've been feeling that, that makes sense because how I like to kind of convey Aries energy is like, if you've ever seen a newborn, if you've ever given birth, if you have ever seen a video of an, of a baby being born, the intensity of that birth, literally the baby coming through the birth canal or coming through earth side and screaming, taking up space, letting the lungs fill with air and shouting, literally making noise of life, that kind of intensity tearing, um, saying, yes, I am here. I am taking up space. That is really Aries hundred percent. So when we are in this cycle, it becomes all about the self because that's really the time that we study that in Aries. You know, it's all about the self. It's all about the root. It's all about our roots. And it's all about this idea of red life force, root chakra, blood, this sense of intensity that comes from Aries energy and the impact of it it literally brings us right down to the core of the root, whether it be our particular roots, collective roots, kind of where we, where we stand can feel very intense because we've gone from like the deepest ocean kind of out so far to something so physical. Um, it can be really extreme, you know, um, very intense. Mar uh, Aries is ruled by the planet Mars, which is ruled by the tower. <laughs> so I want to speak to that because the tower, you know, many of you have heard me talk about the tower before. Obviously, everyone listening knows about the tower. It's really important to remember that even though the emperor is Aries card, the ruling planet of the sign is just as important. And if we think about the idea that Aries is kind of double ruled by the emperor in the tower makes a hell of a lot of things clearer. Aries are very direct. They're very straight shooters. They need to be. That's just what they came to do. Um, they're here to study the self. And 
because they're here to study the self. And when we are in Aries season, we are doing that work as well. It's kind of like mini tower energy because everything that sort of isn't meant to come with us goes right away. I mean, think about the birth of a child. The placenta is something that is left behind, the first home. When we think about the cracking open of a seed, you know, that has to be left behind in order to continue to expand and grow. We're leaving a lot behind. And that really is... um, There's so much to say about the tower, and I've done whole podcast episodes about the tower. I've spoken ad nauseum about the tower. The tower truly is a gift. It is a clearing of everything that does not serve so that we can begin to build from a foundation of wholeness, of balance, and of alignment. So if there's something in the foundation that's never been serving us, the tower will kind of help us, aid us in clearing that away. A lot of people have really bad associations with the tower. And I understand why, because it is very easy to think that this is a malevolent universe. And if that, if we get the tower, life is just going to be cruel to us because, just because. And while horrifically cruel things happen, we can hold a space for the tower and I do believe that this is its true frequency, that it really desires to help. So all cards desire to help. That's really the core essence because everything in life really wants us to evolve. Everything's really in it for our growth. And if you really look at um, nature, the survival of the species, the survival of um, plants, animals, kind of the earth at large, even though Um, many creatures go extinct. That's kind of all a part of it too. It's like we go as far as we go, but everything is kind of rooting for our survival, encouraging us along to evolve. So with the tower, it's not a malevolent, cruel, wicked energy that's just seeking to fuck you up and pull the rug out from under you because that's not, that's just, it isn't what it is but it can feel that way to the ego because it's one of those cards that really shakes the ego up. The tower really is here to strip you of something that was never your truth to begin with, but we're kind of left in the tower blankyless. We kind of go through a period where we're like, Oh my God, what? So, you know, I can say for personal example, you know, I'm an Aries son and I have a Scorpio dominant, Scorpio is also connected to Mars a little bit. Um, Obviously, the ruling planet of Scorpio is Pluto, but a secondary ruling is Mars. And um, there is a lot of intensity. I've worked with a lot of tower energy in my life. Let's just put it that way. And there have been times when um, I have needed to have almost like the equivalent of like a full on collision realization. I don't mean that really full on collision, but, um, where I've needed to really have that kind of a wake up call that smack. Um, there've also been times when, you know, in having a nervous breakdown, when I've gone right down into sub basement tower, which is like, taking the whole structure off the foundation, then going under the foundation (laughs) and rebuilding from there. But that's the whole point is that the tower levels so you can rebuild and actually fix the foundation that was crooked underneath. So I've had tough experiences. I I cannot say that any tower experience I've ever had has not vastly, or I can say every single tower experience I've ever had has vastly improved my life and has rapidly expanded my growth. But most of the time, the tower comes in, Mars energy, Aries energy, comes in to help clear out shit that is just like, well, nobody really likes me. No one would want to be my friend. The tower will boot you into a situation where you are so vulnerable with a group of people and all of them wind up liking you. It just completely can clear that out. So the tower can sometimes bring 
incredible gifts, jewels, things that we will cherish for a lifetime if we have beliefs that we don't deserve those things or those things aren't trustworthy. It doesn't mean it won't be intense, but it can wildly upgrade us, the tower, if we can let it. So it's really about kind of trusting and it never hurts to ask that it be gentle. <laughs> we can always ask. It is a free will universe. So I share all this because um, I want to talk about a word in this episode, which is a little different than the episodes I usually do, but it was just perfect. It was like right timing, a desire to talk about the emperor, talk about Aries, whatever. Um, the word that I kind of want to illuminate in this episode is reclamation because I think that Aries brings, and this is not just because I'm an Aries son, I promise, but the season brings a lot of opportunities to reclaim, to reclaim our right to be on this planet, to reclaim our right to take up space, to reclaim the sacred right of life, death, rebirth in terms of inadvertently working with tower energy. And my sharing that Aries has an intimate ruling with the tower, I believe is a very important reclamation for all of us living in Aries season. Because Aries season is usually pretty intense. <laughs> and there's reason for that because it it is partially ruled by tower energy. There's Mars energy to it. It's very intense. Mars is not exactly graceful, but it will illuminate and clear up and shine a light on whatever we have to see. And it will kind of um, fire some arrows at what doesn't serve. And when we're not prepared for that kind of energy to come our way, when we're sort of like, oh yeah, emperor, whatever, we don't really understand that Aries is tower season. We can feel really blindsided by that. And I want, I want you to not feel that way. Basically, this is a PSA <laughs> to say not to grip and get scared and be like, Oh shit tower. But to, it's always been happening to you. It happens to everybody. This is where we begin in on March 20th. We start to transition from the moon to a weaving of, um, the tower and the emperor. And even with the moon, even with Pisces, we can say anytime we're working in Pisces season, we're working with the weaving of the moon card and with the hangman because the hangman is ruled by Neptune, which is the ruling planet of Pisces. So we can always do kind of those quilts, those stitchings of the ruling planets. That's why the fool, even though it's ruled by Aquarius is, um, or I'm sorry, even though the fool is ruled by Uranus, it is very connected to Aquarius because Uranus is the ruling planet of Aquarius. So I encourage everybody listening to this to think about what it means to reclaim tower energy for you in conjunction with living in alignment with nature. How are we seeing everything in nature show up with tower energy right now? One of the things that is so tricky to start to kind of wrap our minds around is to retrofit our idea of what the tarot is. We get this idea in our head because someone told us or because it's what we think or we're not really thinking about it. A lot of us get ideas in our head about kind of what a card is supposed to be, what it's even supposed to feel like. I'm not certainly saying that anyone is wrong for doing that. But I can tell you that it will be a sorely limited relationship with this beautiful mirror if we're telling it what it is rather than getting quiet and looking and seeing what it is. So because we do know that Aries is connected to Emperor and that Aries is also connected to the tower, we know that Aries season is a time to transition through those cards and really kind of learn how they feel. We also know this from moving through the year, whether, um, no matter what kind of enumeration you honor for like the bigger overall experience of your year. Um, every year kind of has a tarot card 
aligned with it. So we can really learn kind of over 365 days what a card feels like. So if we look at nature, whether we're in the Northern Hemisphere or the Southern Hemisphere, if we're in the Northern Hemisphere, everything's really messy right now. Everything's kind of like breaking down, preparing to rebuild, preparing to rebirth. Everything's um, kind of newborn-y. There's like a lot of leaks and messes and <laughs> and beauty and tremendous beauty. And um, there's sort of like a postpartum journey in a way that we go through after the equinox, I think, because in the Northern Hemisphere, it's, we're not quite there yet. The days really aren't warm yet. So there's, we're in spring, but we're also kind of not. It's like when we give birth, we're parents, but postpartum, it's an intense journey, you know? Um, and I think that the more we're living in alignment with that, the easier the season becomes. And for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, major, everything's breaking down. Things are preparing to kind of go to sleep. Things are shifting. It's still probably pretty fucking hot where you are. But yet, there's and there's probably an immense desire for things to cool and soften and for the days to get a little shorter and a little bit... Um, the nights to get a little bit longer and we're not quite there yet because all this stuff has to be cleared, cleared, cleared before everything quiets and rests. And then we'll follow your suit in a, in like six, seven months. So, um, that's all tower. And when we get afraid of the tower, we can look at this idea and really say, well, okay, you know, nature, Nature connects to Mars energy in this way, so how might I? And of course, we would be remiss, and that's the whole structure of the episode, so um, kind of the star of our show is in talking about the emperor. So the emperor is card number four in the major arcana. Technically, it's our fifth card if we're going to count the fool, which I do, but it's card number four which is very important to talk about, and we will talk about that, um, ruled by Aries. So in the major arcana, in line one, the emperor is our first card to be ruled by a zodiac sign. The fool is ruled by Uranus. The magician is ruled by Mercury. The uh, high priestess is ruled by the moon. The empress is ruled by Venus. And then we have Bam, the emperor, ruled by Aries, which kind of kicks off that layering in the majors. So pretty powerful. Um, so let's talk about what the emperor is not. I have definitely shared this on the podcast before, but I think it bears repeating. Um, I do. The emperor is not an old man, like an old ruler, a cisgendered old man like in a big throne. It's definitely not that. I mean, I don't want to tell anyone what is and isn't with the tarot. I really don't. But I do know that it's not that. <laughs> that much I do know. If I know anything, it's that. Um, the emperor has also nothing the fuck to do necessarily with externally um, or egoically derived power at all. It also doesn't really have anything to do with structure, order, power, whatever. It can have to do with structure, but in a different way than we might be thinking. It definitely doesn't have to do with some tight-fisted way of ruling, controlling. Um, the whole paradigm to the emperor is broken and warped and has been for many years and really only in the last about five years has that sort of been, um, has there started to be a change universally, um, or not universally, but a little bit, a little bit, where there's starting to be a different dialogue around the emperor. So traditionally, the emperor was taught to be in old school tarot interps, emperor is the father. That's the father energy, just like the empress is taught as being the mother. In old school tarot interps, the emperor was a symbol of the masculine, of the divine masculine, and was a symbol of 
somebody who was in power, somebody who had a lot of power, somebody who had reign or rule, somebody who kind of lorded over their dominion, somebody who um, could kind of wheel and deal. And in the Smith Rider weight, there are a lot of rams around, and obviously that's Aries animal, but kind of this like um, more virile, aggressive, uh, the masculine of sheep is a really strong image in this card. It's like blood red and, um, it, there's some kind of through line of the emperor also being like a fighter because he is wearing some armor. So it's not just that he's kind of a rich, fussy ruler. It's that he's very action oriented, get out there and do it type of guy. And, um, I want to unpack all of that. So first of all, who says, I want to know who the first person to say that emperor, empress were parents. They don't have to be parents. They have nothing to do with parents. They can have to do with parents, but that's not ultimately who they are. Just like if you are a parent, that is an extraordinary, huge part of your identity. It is not who you are as a person. You may feel that, but it's not true. Well, I'm not going to tell you it's not true, but at the end of the day, you are human. You are person. And parent is a probably like very close second, but you are of your own person. You are raising a being, but it is not the ultimate definition of who you are. So that's kind of reclamation number one. Emperor doesn't have to have to, have to do anything with fathers at all. It can, if that's a deep, cherished, beautiful, aligned, sacred meaning to you. But I will invite you, even if it is, to upgrade it. I will invite you, even if it is, to expand upon it because your client might not feel that way. So it's important as readers, if you're a professional reader or if you'd like to be, you can have your experience, then you have to come with a blank slate for your client. You just do. So even if like the emperor like is your dad, is your brother, open the space a little bit to be shown what it could be to your client. It could have nothing to do with that for them. Especially if we're assigning meaning to a card based on a an identity and one that, you know, being a parent is major identity. So it's absolutely beautiful to have an alignment with that. But a lot of people don't feel great about their fathers. So that's another thing to bear in mind. Um, the emperor is not, as a rule, a father energy. It can be, but that's not what it is at its core. So that's number one. Number two, emperor, empress have nothing to do with feminine masculine energy. Sorry to spoil the fun and pop the balloons. Why? Because there's really no such thing. There is way more complexity, way more colors to the rainbow than masculine, feminine, man or woman. Again, if you have a deep fucking rich relationship with that, don't let it sweat you. Like it's, it's okay. It's like you don't have to sweat it. I'm not taking anything away but there is room to expand it. So it has nothing to do with masculinity because ultimately the emperor is in no way as an energy defined by being a man, being masculine, being connected to masculinity at all because it's a human construct. It doesn't really exist. People living on the planet are totally... Um, proof that there's a lot more to our gender binary than masculine, feminine, even though those titles are very important, um, to so many, but it is, it can be that and more. So we just want to dilate a little bit of the space that we're holding the emperor in. Um, reclamation number three, a lot of the descriptions that I gave, um, power, order, control, that is, we're going to talk about masculine in sort of the more traditional sense. That is masculinity warped and out of balance. 
period. That is not sacred aligned masculinity. That is masculinity that has been robbed of its connection to cycles, to spiral, to sensitivity, to emotion. It has nothing to do, men do not have to have anything to do with needing power and control, but there's a lot that we'll do when we're denied access to the heart. There's a lot that we'll try, we'll become hungry ghosts, we'll become huge, 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 we need more, 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 because there's something that we're missing. And although that can happen to anyone of any gender, that is something that we do put on our masculine people. That is something that overculturally is really put on men. And the emperor, because we're talking about the emperor as an energy, let me back up to go forward. The tarot existed way before anyone put it down into paper form. The tarot has always existed. It existed way before 1442 when kind of the first evidence of tarot was discovered in Italy. It existed way beyond that, beyond before probably the Big Bang. You know, I think that's a little out there, but I do because archetypes are infinite because these energies have been around pre-language, pre-time We've been trying to assign meaning to them backward. We've been trying to say, oh, the emperor, that's like father, that's men. That's what that is. Okay, great. So then we kind of do the best we can. We draw someone who feels like they embody that, kind of an old, powerful, rich ruler. That's what we do. But that's old school. That's pre, like, Scorpio and Pluto shit. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's pre these evolutions, these wake-ups that we're having. It's, it's never been that way. We've never been limited to that idea, but there's been such strong restrictions on folks for so many decades, for so many centuries that that was the best that they could do with what they had. So the emperor has nothing to do with being a man. It has nothing to do with even being a human. It has nothing to do with fathers. It has to do with an essence that is so big, so universal, because if the tarot excludes anybody, we're missing something. So if we pull the emperor and we think, well, you know, I don't really resonate with that because I'm not a guy and because I don't really feel connected to that energy, we have been somewhere along the line, tarot interpretations have kind of failed us or tarot depictions have sort of failed us. Um, I said this in one of my Ask Lindsay's, the tarot belongs to everyone. And if anyone is excluded, there has to be a reparation. There has to be a reclamation. So we can start by talking about it. We can start by bringing language and voice and attention to it, that the emperor existed a very long time before any of these labels came down and fixed themselves to it. And where we can find it again is by connecting to Aries. So when we think about this idea, to go back to my original statement of like, you know, divine masculine, um, masculine energy is, if we're going to condense it into that word, the soul of the emperor is in the vastness of a mountain range. It is in the awe-striking like silence that comes over us when we see the great mighty sequoias, when we can drive a fucking car through a redwood tree. That is emperor energy. It has nothing to do with crowding. It has nothing to do with taking anything over. It has nothing to do with control. Nature is so wild. There's no control over any of this. But it does have to do with taking up space. That is really the soul of the emperor. The emperor has nothing to do with men. It has to do with literally the Rocky Mountains. It has to do with all of these examples, the Grand Canyon. 
And, you know, again, we can catch ourselves being like, oh, the Grand Canyon maybe feels more feminine to me. But again, it's an existence across the board. Like, that's why we don't want to assign anything based on gender, because it's really everything. It's this and, because there's so much blending and weaving, you know. It's not to say that anyone who identifies as a man who's looked to the emperor as being a deep source of strength and comfort, I'm not robbing you of it, but this is way more infinite than what man is capable of. We can look to nature to show us beautiful examples of the emperor. They are there. The way that I began to teach the emperor this way, nobody, certainly no one taught me how to do this. Um, and I say that with kind of a chuckle because as anyone who's been studying the tarot knows, it's been a long time that people have kind of oversimplified the emperor. Um, the breadcrumb trails that led me to this, and I do have more to say on it and ways to work with it, um, is that as a teacher, because I kind of, um, I've been teaching now for about four years, um, professionally. And whenever I would prepare a lesson, I would think about in my mind, you know, what actually is this? What's an example that I could give my student that has nothing to do with these binaries, has nothing to do with these limitations at all? Because my code of ethics, even four years ago, was if it's not for everybody, then it's not really the truth. If it does not include a possibility of everyone resonating with it um, from a birthright standpoint, not necessarily specifics, but if it's not for everybody, then we're missing something. We just are. If it um, triggers anyone, if it disincludes anybody, um, it's not, we're not doing the best we can. And I would read these descriptions of emperor in my research and my studies, which are ongoing. Um, and I would think, God, like that isn't even Aries because everybody here who's listening knows an Aries who's like the worst, the lowest form of growth in an Aries who is bossy and irascible and has no fucking clue how much space they're taking up, who's intense, who is imbalanced sometimes, um, rude, insane. Like I say it with love. I'm an Aries son and I've been capable of all those things. <laughs> um, so it's like Aries can be the emperor in the traditional form, but that's not actually the soul of Aries energy at all. When Aries is at its highest form, it's on the planet to do a humble, deep master study of the self. And part of one of the most important parts of being fully embodied in self is the embodiment of this. I have a right to take up space. Really let that wash over you. I have a right to take up space. I have a right to let my voice be heard. Even if no one listens to me, I have a right to speak. If no one is celebrating my size, my expanse, I still have a right to take up space. I don't have to be a tiny birch tree, even though birch trees are so beautiful and are taking up exactly the right space. I can also be a redwood. I can also be mountain. And if I am in alignment, I'm not going to crowd anyone out. I'm not going to be, quote, too much. I'm not going to take over. I'm not going to overconsume. Because, you know, with the patriarchy, we kind of have root systems into things like white supremacy. And there is hungry ghost energy with all of it. We're going to take, 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 because there's something inside that is void. There's something inside that has been robbed of patriarchal leaning society of men, of cisgendered men. They have been robbed of something, a connection to this energy that 
They can take up space and yet not take up so much that others are overshadowed. We talk about white supremacy, especially among, you know, white spiritual women. You know, so often we as white people can experience huge feelings of like tantrums. Like, why are people telling me what tools to use when it's like, where did we get the idea that we could use them anyway? That idea that we can just take what we want and that anything's available to us is actually not this idea of emperor, I have a right to take up space. It's actually a lower form of emperor because we're not thinking, we're not connected to the idea, you know, have I been initiated in this? Is this um, in some way perpetuating the harm, the violence that has been caused against the folks who are actually really of lineage with this tool, this skill, this gift? Am I paying those people? Do I uplift those people? Am I really thinking about how my actions cause harm? Am I making the mistake of thinking that people are going to tell me when it causes harm? Because not everybody has the emotional labor to do that. Being in proper relationship with the emperor is honing our compass around all of these things, around, I believe, you know, patriarchy, capitalism, white supremacy, appropriation. I really think the emperor, when we're actually working with it in a soul-centered way, like what I'm sharing, um, can help to provide a huge... Um, true north for anyone who over time wants to get a little bit better and not causing harm. We may not ever be perfect at not causing harm. We, we will inevitably cause harm. Um, how we work with that, how we take responsibility, how we try, how we try our best. We might fail. We might fail very big, but if we keep trying, then we can step into that. And for anyone listening to this who is an oppressed person, who is marginalized, who's experienced trauma and who has perpetually felt like I, there's no space for me here. The emperor belongs to you more than anyone. And that's a reclamation that, you know, with great respect, um, I would like to encourage you to reclaim this idea that your voice can be as loud and as clear and as strong and as persistent as you desire, or it can be as soft and quiet as you desire. You can say as much or not as much as you want that the universe, that this life has not forgotten that you may be as big as a mountain chain and that it may be that it is generations of, it may be that it takes years. It takes maybe even a couple of lifetimes to clear some of the enormity of the trauma that is passed down when it comes to this kind of work, because so many people literally were, were killed for taking up this space. This card belongs to you more than anybody. And it has nothing the fuck to do with an old man. It has to do with you being in your full embodiment, rooted into the ground, blasting off into the sky, taking up huge space, beautiful space. And the more we practice that, the more we start to really groove neural path, new neural pathways that we have a right to, because we do. And if we didn't, there would not be examples of it in nature for us to follow. Truly. I believe that anyway. Um, so the emperor, an invitation to take up space. When we pull it in a reading, we're being asked to step up in some way, share something, maybe even really small on a very micro scale. It might be very, very macro, or it just might be an embodiment. And remember that the majors are kind of like ocean waves. So they sort of roll in and carry us. So when we pull a card like the emperor, the wave is already rolling. It's actually already moving us. It's just giving us a heads up because we asked that that's what we're in. So it can provide kind of a framework for us to know the season of work we're doing with spirit, whatever. Um, and when we know it, we can open ourselves up and say, great, I'm so available to take up space wherever I'm being asked to. Great. I'm so happy to do that. 
um, the more we work with emperor, the easier it becomes. Um, the other thing is, so that was an example of when we get it in a reading, when we're working with it as we all are in a season, in a kind of an energy where, you know, we're in Aries season, this is the time to think about, well, how do I take up space? What, what ways you can even journal about it. Like what ways do I feel comfortable being seen right now? What ways do I not feel comfortable being seen? Is there enough of an exchange for when I offer my gifts? Is there an enough, it, or rather, is there enough of an honoring? Um, am I paying myself for it? Am I afraid to speak? You might even reflect, like, um, I love to reflect airy season to airy season from year to year and my um, experience in Aries season was absolutely horrific last year for multiple personal reasons. Um, but it was still a very important time for me of learning about body sovereignty, what I wanted, my choices, my decisions. Um, and we're only a day into this one, but uh, I'm teaching a course during this Aries season and I don't usually teach and I'm finding it a an absolutely lovely match to be able to say, um, to uplift and honor the voices of the students in my class and their beautiful questions and to also share my medicine because uh, I have a right to share my medicine. And it's great that a lot of people want to join in, but um, they also don't have to. <laughs> um, I would do it anyway, you know, because that's emperor. Like we do it anyway. Um, emperor, I, I used to when I... Um, taught in person more. I used to say to my students when I was teaching them um, about the majors that when I was talking about emperor, that I was providing an example of being in emperor in that moment. I was talking to them. There was no leash. They could disagree. They could agree. Um, there was no tightness. There was no control. It was very loose it was a sharing and also an example of me joyfully talking about something that I loved and feeling that I had a right to do it and also to get paid for it. So it could be as simple as that. And that is, that is, um, it's actually in teaching tarot that has taught me the most about what the emperor really is. So for anyone who's sort of like, Oh, I just want to bond with this card. I want to understand it more just start tracking it and especially pay attention to now because again, we're in Aries season. So I encourage you to journal about it. And I encourage you to, um, look at ways to put the emperor on your altar. If you don't like emperor cards that you've seen, make your own man. I am all about that shit just make your own emperor card. Like what feels like emperor to you upon looking at that? Maybe you even want to change the name to something else, you know, reclaim the tarot belongs to everyone. Nobody has more power or sovereignty over it than you do. You have the most sovereignty over it. So if you want to really connect with emperor, um, even if the image doesn't resonate with you, that transmission will still come through any deck. If you're connected with that idea of like, wow, I have a right to be here, to take up space, to be heard. Like, um, it will come through even in a card that you don't like, it'll come through. Let's talk about this other thing. You know, we talked a lot about like the emperor being connected to control and to order. Um, and in truth, when Aries feels really, uh, insecure, there's more bossiness and there's an attempt to be more in control. When they feel more able to be with the fluidity of life, there's less, there's much more room on the leash. So we'll always be able to tell kind of where we're at and the work we have to do from that. Um, the other thing that I want to say is that it's very normal to be triggered by this card because for a lot of us, taking up space is really intense. It's asking a lot. We don't feel comfortable with it. And I just want to really normalize that. That's actually quite normal. 
I also want to remind everyone listening to this that the point of learning these cards is to develop greater intimacy with the cycles of life that are challenging for us. So we don't always have to like it. And that's so comforting (laughs) because Emperor is so delicious. It's really beautiful, but it can totally feel uncomfortable. And we can love a card's medicine while also not particularly liking the taste of it. We don't need to like the taste of these cards. We just don't. Um, We don't need to like the way they go down, you know. But if we can appreciate what they're doing, it will really help us to make greater bonds with them. Now, the one word that I do think does belong with emperor still from sort of the more traditional meanings is the word structure. So uh, the reason that I think that is because of emperor's number four. So the emperor is connected to the number fours in the tarot, which are all kind of about forced rest. Um, If you look at any of the four minors, um, they really have to do with like a little bubble in time where we're kind of doing some internal processing. We're kind of going in to clear and digest something so that we can go back out into the world hungry again. And that's kind of an interesting thing to take along with the emperor because it is about that kind of evenness, um, that structure. Like I really do believe that if you're kind of like looking to whatever, like get a new apartment or you're looking to um, like improve your credit or whatever it might be. Um, and you pull the emperor. I believe that the emperor has the ability to say to us, I just want to remind you of your birthright. Anything that you need can come through to you. Maybe not immediately, but eventually you'll have everything you need. And I just want to remind you that there are free credit consultation places that you can totally reach out to. You don't need to be ashamed. You don't need to be whatever. No one's going to judge you. Just take up that sacred space, baby. Call those people. If you're ready for a new apartment, you can kind of go for it with gusto. So the emperor does provide a certain measure of structure. It creates kind of the four posts so that we can set up a tent in a way that is balanced and even. So there is this kind of beautiful aspect to the card. um, And it does actually ask us to go kind of inside to digest some shit before we come outside shining really brightly. Um, And kind of maybe my final thing about the emperor today is that, and I could definitely talk about it for longer, but we're almost at time, um, is that part of the reason why this teaching, my teaching on the emperor, I, I think maybe out of any of the, kind of more different definitions that I teach is most important. And obviously I'm not the first person to say this kind of thing about the emperor. Um, Other decks have done it too, but um, I didn't know about that when I started to teach it this way. So what I'm teaching is unique to me. It's just what I know from my own thinking, my own critical thinking. What I will say is the importance of reclaiming this is not only important because we've had a missing link in the chain of tarot for a long time. It's not only important because of that. It's also very important for us to shed this idea that the emperor can be contained by these identities like masculine and like father and men and because it's way more than that. Um, but because What the emperor, the emperor's invitation, Aries' invitation, is literally the core of root work. It's literally the core of doing work on our roots, our connection to our right to be on the planet. And if we have solid emperor um, work under us in moments when we do kind of want to leave the planet, which many of us move through experiences of, if we have experiences where we feel like we have no connection, we have no rooting, who are we to do it? Who are we to say it? We can draw upon those beautiful red roots. We can kind of draw upon that structure that starts in the root, but then goes right up, takes all that the empress has brought 
because the empress is so much about the roots too and about receiving the emperor really takes us into a different part of the root system which is like survival it's kind of really about like do i have a right to be here it whispers literally at that level and says yes because you're here literally because you're here you are living proof that you have a right to be here now how will you step into that? So I really believe in the power of reclaiming this birthright interpretation, really, of the emperor because it's a missing link to our own human evolution on a soul-centered level that we have really been missing, that we have a right to be heard, we have a right to be seen. I feel the same way about my teaching with the empress, that, you know, we receiving is really hard <laughs> and that deserves to be acknowledged and that if you don't have receiving it's very hard to do venus work um which that card is ruled by so it's just something to think about in this aries season you know who are we what are we um what seeds are we planting right now how are we being invited to take up space just by existing what are we doing? What light are we shining? How do we feel disconnected from that? And how can we bridge the gap? How can we get closer, more intimate with this invitation to um, beam out the soul light during this season that is really all about clearing out what is superfluous in tower energy and kind of replanting this giant sequoia of the heart and saying, grow, you will block no one, if you're growing in emperor energy, you're not going to crowd anyone. There's no way to make anyone. If someone is threatened by your emperorness, they're afraid they don't have it in them. Show them that they're wrong just by shining. Don't worry about if it like makes people uncomfortable. They're going to be uncomfortable. You think people aren't uncomfortable with me? <laughs> you don't think I got people like being assholes to me? I don't care. I have a really good life and I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And I kind of love the people who are being assholes because I also know what it has been like to kind of feel like, well, how the fuck can that person do that? Why can't I do that? And I know that's all it comes from. So it's like the more we practice this, the more we just sort of start to grow and we really don't cast shadow on anybody. So I encourage you to look at this. I hope it serves you. And I want to really leave you in this episode with this idea, this word, reclamation. Like, this card belongs to you. If you felt that it doesn't, folks who've come before you have failed you a little bit. And that includes us as teachers. That includes us as readers. Like, no one is a failure, but... It's these moments where we start to say, holy shit, wow, yeah, I got to evolve a little bit. I got to expand and there's probably going to be contraction around it. And I can just go in without going into shame or guilt or fear or anything and just say, okay, you know, I've been not understanding what this card is. Now I'm going to feel into the real soul edges of it and see. So happy Aries season to everyone, to one and all, regardless of <laughs> your sign. We are all in this kind of sun energy together and um, it's powerful. There's some real power to this time. So, you know, make it work for you. Um, I don't have any announcements to make because the course is going. It's so beautiful. I'm so excited for everyone who heard the yes and I'm equally excited to people who heard the no, because I feel like the no is so important. It's like, great, you know, this kind of shit is so specific. Um, I'm just grateful to be with everyone on this platform, which I cherish, as all of you know and love. Um, you have a very early, I think, right? Yeah, pretty early monthly. Oh, no, I'm a liar. Never mind. I was going to say I... <laughs> I thought that there was an early monthly medicine, but that was all a tease. That was all a cock tease. I'm sorry. It's it's coming out Friday as planned. Sorry about that. Um, 
I love all of you. I can't think of anything else that I might need to say, but just uh, love you. Thank you for listening. Happy Astro New Year. And uh, I'll see you on the flip side for Monthly Medicine next week. 